Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Worth Playing For podcast. This is going to be episode 35 of my complete Survivor Rewatch series, and today I'm going to be doing a doubleheader of episodes 5 and 6 of Survivor Marquesas, entitled The End of Innocence and The Underdogs. Um, so we're wrapping up the pre-merge section of this fourth season of Survivor, um, and I gotta say, this is this has been good. I mean, I, I definitely said at the beginning of the season that there's something about this season that feels more normal and more grounded. Um, like, when we meet these these castaways, these survivors, they're not, like, legendary figures, really, for the most part, right? Um, like, these these figures like Ethan and Colby and Tina really seems, like, larger than life in a way. Um, but here, you know, it feels a little bit more grounded, but I, I gotta say, like, I, I think I like this season probably the best maybe since Borneo. Like, it just seems to be a bit more active. Um, like, things just kind of seem more up in the air. Like, there's there's complexity to a lot of these characters, right? Like, we're, we're meant to root for this Rotu tribe, right? Like, we, like, coming, so coming into this episode, right, this Rotu tribe has just been dominating. In the last episode, we got a tribe swap, where Rob, Sean, and Vesepia switched over to the Rotu tribe, and then Kathy, um, Pascal, and Nalia switched over to the Maramu tribe. But other than that, the Rotu tribe has been completely dominant, nothing to worry about over there, and, and you'll, they're, they're not necessarily the villains, though. Um, they're kind of being pro- played up as these protagonists, the likable people, for, as far as we can see, right? But yet these underdogs and Rob and Sean and Vesepia and Gina are so appealing and, and like you can't help but root for them. So there's there's this complexity of, of both sides here. And I don't think we've really gotten that yet in the Survivor season. Maybe, I guess, since Borneo, right? Because you had that um, that Toggy for and Rich and Kelly and, and Rudy and Sue, which people were rooting for. But you also had, you know, these likable young Pagong members and Jenna and Jervis and Colleen, right? So you really had those both sides. But in Australia, at least on the rewatch, like, there's really only one side to cheer for. Um, and then when you get to Africa, it's it's kind of the same thing, right? Like, it, I was disappointed to see the way it went because I, I think that T-Bird and Kim Powers played a good game there. But there's there's clear protagonists, right? Like, you're expected that it's you're cheering for Ethan and Lex, right? Those are the people you are... Those are the main characters of the season. But here, at least with this pre-merger, it's been, although obviously we've gotten more Maramu content because they've gone to tribal, you know, it's a little bit more balanced than usual. And it's not like very clear who we're supposed to cheer for just yet. Like, Rob has been the main character, but he's also going to be like the first merge boot. Like, so it it's just been an interesting season. And I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, and, you know, out of the four seasons, I think I've enjoyed this probably the second most after Borneo. So... Um, I really like Marquesas. I'm excited to finish this pre-merge on this rewatch here. So, so yeah, let's kind of get get our bearings a little bit. So, Rob, Sean, and Vesepia switched over to the Rotu tribe. They had a little bit more of a difficult time adapting to the hard work style. Rob and Sean kind of rebelled against this. Uh, Vesepia, you know, just avoided the drama at all costs. That's what she does. Meanwhile, at Maramu, um, like adding Kathy, Millie, and Pascal. They couldn't really break the losing streak there, but they're bonding together quite nicely. They do end up voting off Sarah, and it seems like they are a tight four from now on. Uh, but yeah, Sarah really didn't bring much to the game in her 12 days on the island, and we've said goodbye to four original Maramu so far and no original Rotu, so that's where we stand going in to day 13. Now on day 13, we pick up with a new Rotu tribe. Rob is still kind of getting acquainted to being in the minority rather than being in control. He says, you know, I really liked being in control over at Maramu here, I'm... I'm down in the numbers, but, you know, this was going to happen eventually, Rob, you know, like, I, I get he's, like, adapting to not being in control, but it was going to happen eventually, whether you, like, swapped or not, like, you're going to go get to the merge and be down in numbers, so I'm not sure 
Like when you lose challenges, you're going to have to play from the bottom eventually. Um, so Rob notes that, you know, Sean's sitting around a lot, so he might go first, and then Rob's probably going to go next because Vesepia is a little bit better at, uh, let's say, just blending in. Rob kind of makes a kissing motion. We get a spiel from Gabe about how building a society with strangers is his goal, and, you know, John and the General and Tammy talk about how, you know, it's weird that, you know, Rob and Vesepia and Sean come in and really bring the game to them. And this is kind of the first time we see this, right? They swap and they bring the game to them because John and the General and Tammy and Zoe and Gabe they haven't had to play the game yet. They've just been chilling, winning, winning challenges, building the society. Um, they haven't had to play the game. But John asks, you know, Gabe, would you lie to win the game? And Gabe says, oh, you know, I'm not here to play the game. I'm here to build a society from eight people from different walks of life. And I had to stop down on this because Gabe is, is embracing this different walks of life thing. But, like, it's so easy to say that when, like, the eight people that you were building a society with were, like, all white and, like, the most diverse person is is John just because he's gay like you have a judge from Georgia and then like uh, a Mormon from Utah and you call that like diverse different walks of life it's not um and I think Gabe is I mean I'm just annoyed with Gabe that's kind of the point of what I'm saying here um but this is kind of the first bit of attention that we've gotten from this love tribe right um it annoys John he thinks Gabe is like completely ignorant to the concept of survivor it is he is um and this kind of causes a rift that will obviously come to fruition during this episode here. Um, so we, Gina, she's continuing to bond with Pasco and Lee and Kathy. They're praying together. They're fairly optimistic. Um, they continue to unite, unite. They go crab hunting. End up getting a pretty nice meal out of it. Um, then we go to our reward challenge, which is called Tiki Towers. And, and it's kind of like a blindfolded challenge. They collect the puzzle pieces. They build these two Tiki Towers. Um, and they're competing for the right to raid the tribe's camp. So interesting, we see this kind of make an emergence in Marquesas here. Definitely was like a re a weird reward because they couldn't take like certain things. Uh, but obviously with the what the immunity challenge is coming up, it does give them the advantage for sure. Um, we got a, a quick shot of Rob's reaction to Sarah being voted off. I don't think he's too emotional about it. I think he pretty much knew she, that she was doomed. Um, so this is kind of a conversation throughout these two episodes as to who Row 2 decides to sit out um, for the reward and the immunity challenges. Um, and for the reward challenge here, they set out Rob, Sean, Vesepia, and Zoe, but this means that, like, they're going to have, like, those four are going to play in the immunity challenge, and the same thing's going to happen next episode, and it's definitely not well thought out, for sure. Um, so we got Gabe and Kathy as the callers here. Kathy seems to be, like, chaotic energy right now, yelling out to her tribe. You know, Gabe gets all excited, and, and, eager that they have all their puzzle pieces first, but he's actually miscounted. He can't find the last piece. John does a good job of retrieving it, but the head start that Mara Amu will have on building the puzzle eventually gives them their first win ever as a tribe, and they get to raid the Rotu camp. Um, so Jeff leads them back to the Rotu camp, um, instructs them on what they can't take, you know, the items that they started with, machetes, pots, whatever, personal items. Um, they get two minutes to collect as much of the other stuff as possible, so that I don't really know what they end up grab grabbing. It's like just tribe materials maybe there's a tarp in there um just just stuff to kind of improve the camp obviously it's not going to matter they really only have like five days um to use this stuff for but what it is going to matter for is this upcoming immunity challenge and they again they play this like i guess we're supposed to be rooting for rotu here because they play all this sympathetic music um and like like show all these shots of the rotu tribe like bursting into tears as their third camp is being taken away from them which is like pretty hilarious in my eyes um because it, it's just so dramatic when it, it's really not that big of a deal. 
Um, like they should be able to survive. It's just that the camp needs a little bit of TLC and that that's about it. Um, so what it does do for Rotu is give like Rob Vesepi and Sean like a motivation and an opportunity to work harder and fully integrate themselves with the old Rotu members. Um, when Mar Amo gets back, they're happy with the camp upgrade. You know, they're just happy to give Gino a win and to get some confidence back. Um, and Mar Amu really can win a challenge here. Um, and so, you know, the Rotu gets to work. Um, and post-working, Gabe decides to do some rapping, which was, I, I guess, not bad. I guess they seem to enjoy it, but obviously I don't like Gabe, so I did not enjoy it. Um, I think he's trying to just find a way to, you know, integrate Shauna Vesepia into the society. It seems to work. Um, but it definitely worries John that, you know, Gabe is now bonding with the newcomers. Um, John goes to him and confirms that they are road too strong, but Gabe refuses to make any sort of promise or obligation as to who he's going to vote for. And uh, John kind of, John isn't happy with this. He confronts him saying like, what are you going to do? Like, we, we need to know like these are our numbers. we got to play this game. And Gabe's like, you know, I'm not here to play the game. I'm here to build a society, yada, yada. Tam tries to, Tammy tries to de-escalate this conversation a bit recognizing that John is going into Gabe a bit too hard here, um, but John's done, um, and starts to make this Rotu 4 alliance. Um, and this is when he, though, I can't rely on Gabe, so I'm going to go to the General, Zoe and Tammy. We're going to go be a solid four, um, and we're going to vote out Gabe, and let's hope that Gabe doesn't turn the tur- turn the tables on them. That's John's plan. So we're to day 14 here, and pretty much the whole day is them working on this immunity challenge, which is the distress signal challenge. This one's going to be a bit different because Jeff and the captain are looking from water, not from above, which I'm pretty sure they have done in the first three iterations of this challenge. I know definitely in Africa it was a plane. Um, I forget what, I don't know if they did it in Australia and from Borneo, I think it was a plane as well. So this is the first time it's going to be from the water. Um, and so Mar Amu pretty much gets to work. Um, they kind of are able to make use of all the things that they get stole from the Rotu camp. They have a lot of chemistry. They seem to be on the same page. They're having a really good time doing it. And Gina says that she hopes that they win not only for her safety, but so, so that someone from the old Maramu will go. I'm not sure if that's really what Gina should want in this case, um, but I guess it doesn't matter too much at the end of the day. Um, when Rotu gets their notice, they know that they're at a disadvantage because they just had their tribe raided. But the real problem here is that Zoe, Rob, Vesepi, and Sean are the only members that can participate, um, which is a concern because they are the most creative people, according to their tribe mates. But the four of them do get to work. Um, and, you know, especially the Mara Amu 3 and Rob, Sean, and Sepia know that they have to get to work or else they might be the ones going. They seem to be pretty happy with their final product. Um, and once they're finished working, this is where John kind of starts to, to play this chess here and pulls Sean aside and asks for his opinion. You know, what do you think if we just vote off Gabe tonight? No worries. You three are good. We're going to vote off Gabe. Um, and he wants Sean's word that, you know, Sean, Sepia, and Rob will vote for Gabe. And Sean makes the right read here. Um, you know, John probably shouldn't have told them that. And now that now they have the upper hand because instead of, you know, letting Gabe be Gabe and, and it being four three one vote, John has now shown their hand and now Mar Amu knows what they have to do, convince Gabe to vote with them. The problem is Gabe refuses to play the game, um, and it most likely would be a four to three to one. Um, and this is kind of the problem that John runs into here, is because they the four of them want to vote for Gabe because Gabe might flip. But if you let the minority know that you're voting for Gabe, then that just kind of expedites the process. Now the minority is, is more incentive, like, because, like, Rob, Sean, and Vesepia might not have known that Gabe was the weak link. They might have not have known to go to Gabe, but now they do. Um, and so it kind of expedites that process. Um, and so if you're worried about Gabe flipping, then, like, 
what now that you know it's going to be potentially a four to four vote, shouldn't you put your vote on one of the new Mar Amus or one of the new Rotus anyway? Like if it if there is potential for it to be a four to four, why not just put your votes on Rob? Like I I don't understand. Um, and so I I question a lot of John's decision making here. I get that he wants Gabe out, and I get he is going to end up convincing Rob, Giuseppe, and Sean to vote out Gabe. Um, but it was dangerous when it really did not have to be. Um, and if it was a four to four type, it would it would have either been Gabe or John going home, which you know wouldn't make sense. Like why is the Mar- the new Rotus not in the crossfire here? Anyways, um, Jeff flies by to assess the challenge. Rotu does. Like, they wave their flags, they try, but the captain doesn't seem too impressed. Um, and, you know, from the water, it just looks very underwhelming, but Maramu has a huge advantage, not just because they have all the materials from the tribe, but they have Pascal's American flag, which is... I, I, I'm glad they don't do the luxury items anymore, because that's just a, such a huge advantage to be waving this American flag around. Um, but they fashion themselves in white and red. They probably would have won anyway, but because they're just very noticeable. They seem to be the clear winner here and drops them the cargo. Um, so now it's day 15 and Rotu has to start playing the game. John begins making his pitches to Sean and Rob to vote Gabe off with them, but Sean and Rob notice the opportunity to vote off John. Um, Rob eventually approaches Gabe and has this conversation, you know. And Rob does a good job here. I can't fault him for He tries to be gentle, you know. How are you voting tonight, Gabe? What are you thinking? Like, let's shake this game up. The others want to vote against you. They want to knock you off. What do you think about voting one of them off? I think Rob does the best he can, but Gabe is a wild card. Um, and eventually they do realize that it's a lost cause and they just end up voting Gabe as well. Um, but I mean, credit to Rob for trying. I think was this was the best you can do. Um, Gabe is just... And I mean, that's the thing. It, And especially if you're John, that's why I can't fault the move too much to vote for Gabe. I just fault him for, for telling Sean, Rob, and Giuseppe about it. Um, is because you want self-interested players here. This is kind of the Yule approach. This is the the Penner approach. You know, you want self-interested players playing in the game. If there's someone that's unpredictable, someone that has different motives than winning, you don't want to play with them because they could do anything, and you can't predict what their next move is going to be. So I definitely understand the the motive to get rid of um, Gabe here. When they get to Tribal Council, um, they're... Remaining Rotu members finally get their torches as their as it is their first time at Tribal. They lost two challenges in this episode, and Jeff asks them if their confidence is shaken. Tammy says it isn't. Um, they talk about how Gabe is the spirit of the tribe. He, you know, and, and and when Jeff kind of asks Gabe about how he's doing, Gabe says he doesn't have complete trust in this group, as today has shown that you know some people are really here to play the game to win the million. Um, and you know, John and Rob kind of say that they're not confident in their position, but they're going to vote in their best interest. Um, and they go to vote, we see John, John's vote for Gabe, as well as Tammy's vote for Gabe, um, and Jeff doesn't even reveal Gabe's vote for Rob, it's just five votes for Gabe, and he goes, so, uh, I mean, Gabe annoys me, right, he's not here to play the game, the show depicts him as this, like, likable, happy-go-lucky, strong kid, he just comes off as arrogant to me, someone who really should have never even been there in the first place, um, and interesting, skipping a little bit ahead here, in the recap of the of episode five, once we get to episode six, we get a clip of Rob saying, I know what you're doing, John, and I'm going to get you in his voting confessional. It's interesting that they didn't show that here. Um, but anyway, so um, in John's voting confessional, he says, I'm voting for Gabriel. You just proved yourself untrustworthy and we're too far into this game to be wishy-washy. And that's it, right? You don't want to play with people who aren't um, self-interested. It's just unpredictable and you can't have that. And Gabe says, Oh, I miss you guys already. The experience of being with all of you, even the new members, was really, really fantastic, but I came to experience the game, not to play the game. 
So this looks like perfect timing. You guys play safe, all right? Have a good time. And I mean, I don't know what to say about Gabe. Like, sure, he ends up finishing in the 12th place spot here. But we have to remember that he didn't survive a single tribal. Like, not a single tribal. Like, Patricia Jackson, or I don't, I forget her last name. They called her Mama, who was voted off in the second episode. She survived more than Gabe, right? So if, like, I'm not comparing him to other 12th place finishers. I'm comparing him to people who, like, didn't survive tribal. Um, and so I'm comparing him to Bibi. I'm comparing him to Sonia. I'm comparing him to Deb Eaton. And I, I honestly think most of them are better players than Gabe. Like, Gabe might be the worst player we've seen just because he's really not a player at all. Like, I think I might I, I might put someone like BB below him. Like, I could question Peter Harkey because, I mean, Peter Harkey was playing the game, but he was just so bad at it. Um, and so, I mean, Gabe, but I don't think, like, when I look at someone like a Kel, someone like a Mad Dog, I think those are better players than Gabe, like, hands down. Like, Jesse Camacho, I think, is a better player than Gabe, so... Um, sure, he ends up in the fifth last place spot, but we have to remember he did not survive a triple. He went home at the first opportunity he was able to, um, and so I, I don't think Gabe really has much to show um, at all, um, and I'm glad that he was never brought back, that's for sure. So let's get to episode six. This one's called The Underdogs, um, and we're picking up at the Road 2 camp where the Road 2 4 is now Facebook official. They are an official alliance. They're a tight group. They have a four to three numbers advantage. They're now confident, solid, and in complete control. Um, John, you know, he says he's now out in front. He's running the show. He celebrates by skinny dipping. And he says, you know, this shows that they are close as a unit. Um, and he wouldn't feel comfortable doing this with the other three. Um, uh, meanwhile, Rob and Sean know that they're on the outs, right? They know that they're on the outside looking in because Sepia has fit right in with this new group. Um, so all they can hope to do is win the challenge tomorrow and make something happen at the merge. Because if they lose tomorrow, it'll be one of them too, which is absolutely right. It definitely would be. Um, the Road 2-4 have also noted that they aren't going to try incredibly hard in the challenges from here on, sorry, from here on out. Um, which is interesting because they don't want to try, but yet they completely let Rob and Sean have control of the immunity challenge, which is interesting. Um, at Maramu, Kathy confirms that the energy that they have going on in the camp has been really great. Um, they work on catching more food, they talk about who will be voted off, definitely Sean or Rob, they'd be shocked if any of the Road 2s were eliminated. And this narrative here of like, Pascal just being absolutely devastated that Gabe is gone. Um, not only is it just weird, and do I disagree with it because Gabe, I don't like Gabe? Absolutely. Um, but it also just makes me question Pascal's decision-making skills. Um, and, like, especially since he's, like, a judge. Like, that's that's not great. Um, and so not only does it, like, taint my opinion on, on Pascal as a player, but also, like, kind of a person. Um, because I... Gabe, Gabe is kooky, and if, like, Pascal is, like, literally in tears, calling this guy, like, he wishes that Gabe was his son. Like, that, that's so dramatic, that's so extreme, um, and, and yeah, just, I, I don't understand it. Um, so Road 2 gets their tree mail, and hears that it's, you know, it's gonna be some sort of race, and they're gonna be competing for some sort of food reward. This gets the, like, the OG Road 2's really excited, you know, John and Zoe and Tammy, they're fired up, and so this is gonna lead them to all play in the reward challenge, and leave the desperate people, Sean, Seppi, and Rob, to play for immunity, which is not a great decision. But Rob does end up competing in both challenges, um, so I guess that's a good spot for him to be in. And I gotta say, this jungle relay reward challenge, I usually don't, like, I'm not too engaged in the rewards, but this one was pretty good. Um, when we get there, Kathy, Pascal, and Aliyah, of course, are shocked that Gabe was voted out here. But, um, so they're confused, but we do get to the relay race. Um, and so the first tribe member will be racing through the jungle to retrieve a paddle, They'll grab their partner, find another paddle, 
break coconuts to find a key, and then pass the paddles to the other two members who will race to retrieve a flag and bring it back to shore. They'll be playing for Sierra Mist and then like a meal of chicken and bean salad and stuff. And Rob kills it here, right? He crushes... I don't know why they had Pascal doing most of the running. That was a very poor choice, but I guess better than Aaliyah? I don't know. Um, but Rob crushes him in the first race of the paddle. He unties it first. Him and Zoe reach the second paddle um, and end up finding... I think Rob only has to like smash two coconuts by the time um, they find their key. And by the... like. By the time that they pass their paddles on to the general and John who are doing the rowing, um, Pasco and Aaliyah are like just starting to crush coconuts. They do end up doing it decently fast, and John and the general like are, are pretty dysfunctional trying to row here. Um, so Kathy and Gina do a really good job pretty much making it neck and neck, and once they turn the corner, they both grab the flag. It, it's a race to the finish. It's neck and neck. It becomes a, a straight rowing race. Um, and Mara Amu does get back first. Um, there is a bit of a delay because they forget to bring the flag with them. Um, and it looks like Rotu ends up winning this race, right? They get back, they, they bring their boat back, they get the flag, and, and John puts it on top of their, like, podium first. Um, and Jeff says, you know, Rotu wins. Um, but Mara Amu appeals this, like, A, the general wasn't with John, and B, their boat might not be close enough. And Jeff does end up hearing their concerns and overturns the decision. So good on Jeff for, uh... For like being humble enough to recognize that, um, and good on Mara, good on Mara Amu for for recognizing that they were the deserving winners of this reward challenge. And I got to say, this reward challenge was was a good one. Like, I usually take a couple notes. We'll see in this this upcoming mini challenge. It's really just like a couple sentences of what happens. But I was really like intrigued watching this challenge. It, it was definitely pretty close. Um, yeah, it was a good race. So Mara Amu chows down, and they talk about how surprised they are to see Gabe gone. He was the strongest member. Yada yada yada. Uh, but them four are in perfect harmony. They can't imagine anything breaking them up. Um, when we check back in with Rotu, Rob says he, you know, he did a great job in the reward. He can he handed the keys to Dumb and Dever, and they blew it, costing them a meal as a tribe. John kind of refuses to apologize here, as this that stuff will make them bloated. It's gassy. It'll cost them the next challenge. Whatever. Um, they all try to see the best in it, as they didn't come out here to eat chicken and beans. And again, we get this weird scene. Mara Amu, like, ends the night by, like, Nalia reading Pasco a poem that Gabe wrote for him. Um, and, like, it's just so weird. The two bonded, like, father and son. And, like, why are they making Gabe into, like, this martyr? And Pasco goes on about how much he loved Gabe. And he wants his son. Like, he doesn't have a son. And so he bonded with Gabe because he's the son he never had. And it's like, wow, like, you know, you know this guy for nine days. And he's kooky. Like, he, he's... Like, doesn't seem like this, like, Captain America. Like, I could see if it was Colby or something, or Ethan or whatever, but it's Gabe. Like, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't see it. Anyways, enough about Gabe. Hopefully that's the last time I mention him. Um, so day 17, Kathy starts off with some yoga. The tribe is feeling very relaxed and peaceful. Her and Gina are definitely bonded. Um, but, you know, Kathy does say that, you know, I'm worried about Pasco and Aaliyah. If we lose the next challenge, I gotta stay tight with them. Um, because I need to know that they're going to vote with me and not against me, um, which is definitely a concern to have. Um, and Nalia says, you know, there's no division. I feel closer to Gina um, than I do to some of the people with, uh, at my old camp, um, and that should definitely concern Kathy. Um, because the four, like, to Gina's credit, she's completely integrated herself really well with these four. They, they are loyal to her. The problem is, um, you know, like, for Kathy... This should concern her. It's a group of three. She's kind of on the outs, but luckily they do end up choosing her here. Um, I wrote to Rob does some weird stuff here. He asks Zoe if the four of them have an alliance, just to feel them out. Rob says, you know, I know they have an alliance. I can see it. 
I'm just going to ask them to get a read on them. Um, but, you know, if you're not going to believe them either way, no matter what they say, then what's the point of asking them, right? Like, if she's going to say no, and you're just going to, be- you're not going to believe here, then, then what's the point of asking in the first place? It just lets them know that you're onto them, you're causing trouble, and especially when it, it, it's down between you and Sean, um, not, the, not the best thing. I don't really know what Rob hoped to get out of this. Um, and this just kind of proves the, the thesis of Rob's game here, which he, is, he really can't play from the bottom. He, he really can't. Um, the only vote, I'm pretty sure, in his entire Survivor history that he survives being on the bottom is that Gabe vote. I guess you can kind of count like the Ethan and, and the Danny vote out to the winner at, winners at war, but that's pretty much it. Um, like Rob, he just doesn't know how to play from the bottom. He, he does a great job on top. Like, don't get me wrong. He's a masterful player when playing on top. But that scrappy underdog position, that's just not him. Um, so Zoe turns him down. He brings it open in open form to John, and John admits to it, um, which Rob appreciates his honesty. You know, the two kind of argue for a bit um, and kind of just agree that, you know, we're, we're self-interested here. We're, we're sticking with the numbers. It's the best we can do. John does promise him, you know, we are together until seven. I'm not going to link up with the old row two members. It's us seven, and then we'll go from there. Um, but of course, that will not happen. Um, Rob finishes the conversation with, you know, absolute class here by asking John if he's gay. Um, John obviously isn't happy about this because Rob just outed him to his entire tribe. But John tells us in confessional that, you know, it's not a big deal. He's been out in the, in, like, in the rear world for a long time. It's just not obviously the best look from Rob. We talked about that a little bit in the swap episode. Um, but it is what it is. Um... So John says, you know, they should lose this challenge to get rid of Rob, which in their minds, like, that's a great idea. But they're in a situation where the only original Road 2 member playing is Tammy, which is just such poor planning on their parts. They're so motivated by this, like, chicken and, and, and Sierra missed reward that they completely dropped the ball on planning for the immunity challenge. Um, because now it's Vesepia, Sean, Rob, and Tammy. Um, and as we see, Rob is going to kill it. Um, they get to the immunity challenge here, and it, it's not even close. They have their ladder built. I think Maramu only gets two rungs here. It's kind of similar to the final 12 immunity challenge in Australian Outback. The one difference is, though, now the, the tribe with more people can sit members out before everyone played, and that, that's what caused Ogakor to win, in my in my mind. Now it's just four members each. They go through this mage, collecting ladder pieces. They, they build the ladder. They get to the top. They win. Um, definitely a hard challenge for Tammy to throw here as it's all running and the other team has Pascal. Um, and you know, Kathy does a terrible job leading Maramu. It's, it's a complete disaster. Um, and, and like I said, Ruotu pretty much gets their whole ladder built before Maramu can even have three and they win, win the challenge pretty easily here as Rob gets his shot. Um, you know, his camera shot cheering at the top of the tower. I thought this was pretty cool as Amber will get, you know, a similar shot in All-Stars. So kind of that duality there. Um, so Maramu will end up going to tribal council here. Um, Nalia, Pascal, Kathy, and Gina will have to vote someone out. And Kathy's sweating a bit here, right? She did a terrible job leading the tribe during the maze. When they got back to camp, they lost their fire. Um, and so Kathy, you know, to her credit, she wants Nalia and Pascal, you know, just let, let's let Gina down easy. That's her pitch. You know, let's let Gina down easy. Tell her go, tell her that she's going home. And let's just make it easy tonight. But Nalia and Pascal are... They don't want to do this. They're holding their cards close to their chest. Um, and that should be a huge red flag for Kathy. Um, and, you know, to Gina's credit, her only move here is to convince the convince Nelia and Pascal to vote for Kathy. There's, there's no other play. She's on the outs. That's her only chance at survival here. 
Um, and Aaliyah says that she can't really decide between the two of them. Kathy and Gina have no way of knowing who it'll be. And it's bad from Kathy, right? She, she does good by surviving here, to her credit. Um, but not having more trust with her tribe mates is pretty bad. And that should be automatic after 18 days together. Um, at Tribal, they talk about, you know, how they're a solid four. And if they had one today, they would have gone to the merge as a four. Um, Lilia says to Jeff that she doesn't want anyone to go. She changes her mind every 10 minutes. And again, not great from Lily either, right? It's a tough one because of these four, Gina looks like the best player right now, right? Kathy's not doing great. She's lost the tribe of her, her the trust of her original tribe members. Nalia is like letting Kathy know that she doesn't trust her, which isn't great either. Pascal's not saying anything. Um, and so it does suck that Gina goes here. Um, she does go off on a three to one vote here. Tough blow, but she does leave gracefully, um, waving goodbye to what could have been. Um, and, I mean, I went into this rewatch with my main goal of this pre-merge was to see how much credibility there was to Gina. A lot of people identify her, by her as, you know, what could have been one of the best pre-merge boots. And I got to say, I, I agree. Um, I think, you know, I think there's an argument to be made. You know, if Mar Amu wins this immunity challenge, right, let's say Rotu votes off Rob, um, Kathy, Nelly, and Pascal are loyal to Gina. Um, and you could say that the Sepi and Sean flip back and, like, pretty much, like, you, you're basically just playing out this game, but replacing Gina with Sean. And that means Vesepia would go at five. And I, I think Gina could win Survivor, right? If Maramu wins that last immunity challenge, Gina could win. Um, and I'm, like, and she did survive four tribal councils, which is, like, out of all the pre-merge boots in the game, no one else can say that she, they survived four, let alone, like, they didn't even survive three. The only pre-merge boot that survived three councils was, was Sarah. Um, who I obviously said wasn't a stellar survivor player. So I do think, you know, maybe with the exception of Mike Scoopin in the Australian Outback, Gina is probably the strongest pre-merge boot, pre boot we have seen so far in Survivor. So credit to her. I do think she is underrated. I do think, you know, I would have loved to see her get a second chance. Um, and I, I do think there's credit to, to her game here. Um, so yeah, we get the three to one vote. Um, Kathy says, I'm taking you to Alaska and I'm going to get that restaurant for you. I, I, the two bonded, that was pretty clear. Gina says, Miss Kathy, Pascal, and Aaliyah, you're awesome. I loved you guys. I understand the vote tonight. The tribal members out there that are left, the tribe mates, I hope you play well, play good, play hard. I just have to say that I've had the time of my life, and it's been a wonderful, wonderful time. Nothing will ever, ever replace this experience. Thank you. And, I mean, good on Gina. I can't say enough good things about her. Obviously, it wasn't great, the run that she had with Hunter, um, but she does turn it around. She integrates really well. Um, and so, yeah, I would love to see her get a second chance. If, if it's still on the table, I don't think it is, though. Um, so MVP of this episode, I don't know, did I do the, the ones MVP, LVP of the last episode? Um, I don't, I'm not sure if I did, but MVP, I give it to Sean just because he was the one that, um, they relayed the information to, right? When, when John needed to confide in an, an old Mar, I'm a member, he shows Sean, I think that's big for him. And I give one to Tammy as well, because Tammy is the mediator, she's the glue of this tribe. Um, and I give an LVP to John in episode five because I don't, he exposed himself unnecessarily. Um, and I don't mean the skinny dipping. I do mean the vote in episode five. So that was my MVP LVP for the last episode. And for this episode, I gave an MVP to Kathy. She does survive here. It's not great, but she does pull it out. And an LVP to Rob. I don't think confronting John and Zoe about the alliance was the best call. It just lets them know that you're onto them and will lead to his vote off in the next episode. So not great stuff from Rob. Um, and so we get into our power rankings going into the merge here. Um, I have Tammy at, uh, in the lead at two. 
And then I have the Sepia, Nalia, and Sean all at one. I have General, the General, Zoe, and Pascal all at zero. And I have John, Rob, and Kathy all at negative one. I, I do think that's pretty much accurate. Um, obviously, Kathy at negative one is, is probably about right. She's going to go on a great stretch here. Um, and in terms of the General and Zoe, we really just haven't seen too much of them either way. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much where we stand going into this merge. I, I really like this pre-merge so far, and I'm excited to see what happens um, coming up on this merge. So um, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. I will be back next week with episode seven of Survivor Marquesas talking about the merge. Then I'll continue on with the rest of the season from that point. So thank you so much for listening. This has been the Worth Playing For podcast, and I will see you next time.